Welcome to the Third Round Picks Podcast. With me today is Adam Bibbs on Twitter, Mike Bibbins, and guest guest starring is Lockdraft Dougie uh, at Lockdraft and uh, at Lockdraft Dougie on Twitter as well. Yo, yo. How y'all doing today? Oh, I'm hot. Santa came to my house today, dropped some stuff off for my son. Um, watching a little uh, Mavericks Warriors last night. Uh, it, it's cool here. I'm in Arizona right now, so it comes on a little bit earlier. Normally, I watch those games at like six in the morning, so I, I, I actually get to finish it out at night. That's pretty great. Uh, Bibbs, how you doing? Uh, my wallet could be doing a little bit better. Uh, Merry Christmas. But um, other than that, I'm pretty good. How are you today, Max? Uh, well, this podcast setup has been a little wonky, but we got it all going good, and now I'm just ready to get this rolling. The show must go on. Indeed. So, to start off today, we are going to hit up on the new big risers this year, Tennessee coming over to take over the college basketball landscape this season. A lot of jack dudes on their squad, Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams, East Ponds, uh, even Kyle Alexander. Bids, why don't you start? I know you have some hot takes about Admiral Schofield. Uh, yeah, so um, over the years, I haven't really paid much attention to Admiral Schofield, but coming into this season, Tennessee's on a hot streak. Um, I was definitely glad to check in on Gonzaga versus Tennessee, and uh, it feels like in the games I've watched Tennessee play this year, they kind of have a formula where Grant Williams does most of the damage in the first half, and then Admiral takes over in the second. Um, and you look at him, you see he's physically jacked, so he's one of those guys who's not going to have any problem dealing with the physicality coming straight in. Uh, but his shot is the real deal. Um, this year he's shooting 42% from three, I believe, last time I checked. Uh, he shot 39% the past two seasons. So his shot is legit. He has a very high release. Um, he has a little bit of a post game, which is good for a big guard. So I think that Tennessee system where he kind of plays inside a good bit really hides how good he really is. I think he's a guy that right now I think he's projected as a mid-second round type. But um, when he starts getting in workouts versus some of these guys, I think uh, he, he could be a quick riser to sneak into the first round. Yeah, he's got a lot of shot diversity and just being that strong, being able to bang inside and being able to space the floor really consistently. His form is pretty sweet, steps into his shot, pretty high arc, makes it very difficult to contest just due to his size. Uh, it's pretty awesome to watch. Uh, Dougie, how are you feeling about Schofield? You know what? So I was looking through my rankings and my preseason board that uh, it uh, – it's not really open to the public yet, but it's the preseason board. When I come out later, I'll come out. I, I, I do four 500-player boards a year, so the the second round of it's going to be coming around. And so preseason, I had Grant Williams at 61. These are all, all draft-eligible players, anyone who's draft-eligible. So uh, I had him at 61, and I had Schofield at 95, but after watching Schofield, I watched the Kansas game also, which was they didn't, you know, they didn't pull it off. But he was impressive there. He he is a guy that you can look at and 
he belongs. He, I mean, he's going to be not going to have problems banging around physically with guys with the style of play he has. And he looks a lot more consistent on the perimeter. Um, I, he's going to raise up in my next world. I have him at 95 preseason. But, um, and I think Grant Williams is kind of staying in that same place around 60. Um, that when I say 61, that, that you can usually rise in about 15 or 20 spots because there's going to be guys that don't come out or whatever for some, whatever reason. But um, Grant Williams, that they play well together, and that's a hell of a thing to have to defend in the pick and roll. Jeez, they're monsters in the pick and roll. They run it with each other. Yeah, for right. sure. Uh, I was going to say, um, what I did want to go back and add about uh, Admiral as far as his potential to rise, uh, besides what he does on the court, just his uh, personality and the fact that he's a coach's player. Um, one of the things I was most impressed with after the Gonzaga game when they interviewed him, uh, they asked him you know, what he wanted to accomplish in coming back. And uh, he said his number one thing was to be his coach's favorite player when it's over. Uh, like that's the only thing he really wants to get out of the season is to be his coach's favorite player ever. And uh, I mean, the guy's, I mean, he's going to be a workout warrior, obviously, but he's going to be a guy that a coach is going to fall in love with. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I really appreciate just the way Schofield just has a lot of versatility to his game. Is there a, I guess you would say it's very mature, and you know that that versatility really makes it difficult for him to be guarded by pretty much anybody because you need to have this perfect combination of strength and length and you know physicality and intensity to be able to guard a guy that's going to go at you every single time but can still pull up for three from NBA range and really be a hassle to deal with. Uh, my main thing with Schofield like to see is that sometimes it feels like the defense isn't quite like it's it's all right but when I'm watching Grant Williams that's the main separator with for me and him is just he always has like his arms up he's cutting off angles most of the time if not all the time he's contesting like every single shot no matter what except for like very random examples where it seems like it's strange and it kind of was weird to me when he didn't contest it but all in all, Schofield's definitely a very intriguing prospect, and he definitely has my attention. Grant Williams ranks real high on the Draymond meter. Everybody's always looking for the next Draymond. Grant Williams ranks like pretty high. I would give him probably like a seven and a half on the Draymond meter. How tall is Grant Williams? Six six. six, That's six. What, yeah. Uh, let me look at projected wing. I could tell you. Oh, six seven, two forty five with. Projected 6'10 wing, I think, and 8'8 standing reach. Okay. I was kind of wondering because he, he seems smaller than he is sometimes. Yeah, he does. He, yeah, he looks like he could almost even be 6'5 sometimes, right? And then you got right. Admiral out there next to him. That's probably what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, so that was why I was looking at him, like trying to project him as a wing, and I didn't really that, – yeah. that would be my concern is if he was – smaller than that, but if he's 6'7", 6'8", he might be able to pull off being a, a four. That's, yeah, that's yeah. Really yeah. Also, I would, uh, one thing, uh, other thing I'd like to say about Schofield is what I call it Montrez Harrowing. There was, during Montrez Harrell's senior season, like everybody told him he needed to come back with a jump shot, 
and so he was shooting he was shooting jumpers all the time trying to prove he was he could hit the three and he and he stopped attacking the basket i like how admiral Schofield has kind of integrated his game kind of on pace i don't know i don't know a better way to say it but like kind of paced his integration of his outside game because he could really just beast on you all the time if he wanted to but he's trying to improve his outside game and right. and like like but he still knows he can like when he really needs a bucket he could go beast on whoever's guarding him probably so he i mean he's not out there jacking out five million threes yeah, not every game. There's some games where he's tracking a lot of threes, but they're they're good shots. They're not and they're not nothing bad. I wouldn't want anything else other than for him to take it, especially with this farm. He he makes it pretty well most of the time, so I'm not about to stop him. Yeah, and he but it doesn't look forced, is it? What what I'm saying? Oh yeah, exactly what I'm saying. It doesn't look forced to me. It just looks like it. I mean, all the all the numbers are going to be distorted. They're going to keep getting more and more distorted, but. I mean, it just it doesn't look like it's forced. He looks like when he sees the matchup where he's going to beast on somebody, he's going to beast on them. And if the matchup dictates that he's got an open jumper with no contest on it, then that's what he's going to do. So, yeah, I'm, yeah. That, I, I just wanted to say that really quick because a lot of people, I, I, I always call it Montrez harrowing. There's a lot of people do it as they go up in classes and think they have to prove something since they're not a one and done. So, Yeah, for sure. Um, unless anyone has anything else to say about uh, Admiral Schofield, uh, perhaps about like his driving ability or anything, which I'd say a lot of it is like bullying his way to the rim and like, you know, having some decent fluidity and then bowling his way in as he gets, as he has a little advantage just to push his way inside and get there even quicker than if he just tried to dribble his way in and then try to finish through content, which works out a lot of the time, which is with how strong he is. Well, I mean, if, he, if he's uh, if he's a playing guard in the NBA and he gets switched on Steph Curry, he could do that to Steph Curry all day. <laughs> like, you know, so it, it's not like he's going to be some guys come out of college and they're they're They were good athletes in college. I mean, or whatever they were dominant at something like that. Admiral Schofield is dominantly physically imposing guard, right? There's nobody more, right? Yeah. So, like, it's not going to be a almost like Zion is to guards or to, to like, forwards, combo forwards. He is to kind of combo guard, shooting guard, whatever, wing, whatever you want to make him. Yeah, I'd say wing probably just with you know? his size. Yeah, but if he's playing a guard spot, I mean, he's going to have guys. A lot of guys are playing two two point guards, so. Yeah, he yeah. can definitely take advantage of a lot of switches. Yeah. And he but has it, enough fluidity, I'd say, that if he gets matched up versus a slower-footed big, he can take him to task as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could get all all slow-footed bigs, and he could, he could even bully big some of these bigs that consider themselves big. He probably outweighs a lot of centers. I'd like to look at that. How many centers does uh, Admiral Schofield outweigh? Yeah, it's I mean, he could probably start on a on a defensive line right now. Yeah. Like, oh <laughs> man, yeah, he would make he's look like Khalil Mack. Yeah. Yeah. And All Grant right. Williams. I don't know what Grant Williams would be. Tight end, I guess. I guess Whatever. they could both either do it. Yeah. Same All right. thing. 
good transition to Grant Williams. I'm going to let you go first, Dougie. How you feel about Grant Williams? Um, I feel that um, he's going to get drafted because it looks like Tennessee is pretty – I mean, they're either going to win it. I, mean, I, I have not watched enough Kentucky to decide if they're good enough to be at Tennessee's level in the SEC. But, um, I mean, they're obviously good enough to win the league. So when you win the league, you get that. He's going to be first-team All-American, probably second. You know, um, their their season kind of is is laid out in front of them already. So um, those kind of guys usually tend to get drafted in the mid-round, mid to, mid to late second round or even – I mean, I, I, I couldn't see him crawling into the first round unless – they make some sort of like final four run, you know, and then that that's a lazy thing that scouts always do, but they do do it. Um, Even Tenzo. Yeah. So I said, I mean, early second round is his ceiling unless they go to the final four is what I would say, but he'd be very deserving in the second round. I mean, he's, he's been out there proving it for a long time and he's got skill. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, his his uh, passing and just how he always he does a pretty good job of not making like a terrible read and keeping the ball low like on a post feed down to the other side or swinging it over the defense like cross court or like down to the inside for an easy layup or down yeah. from the post to an open corner man stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I I would say like. They don't have big to big passing besides uh, what's his name Alexander, right? Is uh, oh, yeah. the only other really big they have, but but he makes like big to big passes to like Schofield. But I imagine that in in the NBA he'll be able to make big to big passing. He'll he'll be a very good big big to big passer when he oh, has yeah. another competent big to throw to. Because he loves to play out of the elbow in the high post. And, and that, I mean, they could do a lot of good stuff with that. That's why he rates very high on the draymond meter Yeah, I think uh, the Mavericks <laughs> often put DeAndre Jordan in that sort of top-of-the-key initiating role, trying to get him to feed inside to cutters. And I think uh, Williams could actually do a really great job at it, whereas DeAndre, it's kind of iffy on whether or not it's going to work out that night. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I said, I had him, I had him, uh, rank 61, which is about as, as late first round, early second round as it gets, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the, it's the cutoff line really. So I wonder why I have ranked around him. Oh, I got to move him ahead of James Thompson, the fourth. Oh, that was a, that was an early season sleeper of mine. So <laughs> he's definitely got to go above him. So, all right. Uh, so yeah, yeah. They, but like that—that'll be the kind of gradual grow you'll see in his in his draft stock. Really, um, is he'll gradually grow through guys like that who were kind of early season sleeper sensations, and you know, you know, Grant Williams is going to do it on the court with his numbers and his play. So. Um, you know, he'll crawl over guys that, you know, people watch YouTube videos of all summer and they thought it was good, but 
then, you know, they come out and they average nine points and turn the ball over. So, you know, get blown out. And James Thompson, the fourth case, get blown out by Duke by, like, 70 points. So, yeah. All right, Bibbs, how you feeling about Grant? <laughs> so, uh, coming in, I felt a little bit worse about him because I thought he was 6'5". <laughs> but, um, yes, if I'm looking at him as a wing, I, I'd be concerned about his projection because he doesn't really shoot the three. Um, his mid-range game is great, like 15 feet and in. He's, he's amazing. He's got a, a nice post game and a, a post fadeaway. Uh, but when you look at him as six seven six eight, and you start grading him against a Draymond, then you see the potential for him to be a guy, if he goes to the right place, that can can really carve out a niche for himself. Um, you guys kind of mentioned his passing and stuff like that already. Uh, he's a great defender, uh, great length and extension on like blocks and deflections. Um, but his passing is what really makes him kind of stand out for me. Uh, the post feeds you mentioned doesn't he doesn't really have another big man to feed. But uh, his post feeds are amazing. Like he's bending the ball around people, things like that from the top. Uh, I'm, I'm really, ex- I, I like him as a player. I think he's smart. He does everything right. It's just uh, making sure he goes to a place where his style is going to fit with his, his size. Yeah. I, I, I could piggyback on that. And I want to say that, like, going to a place, I wouldn't be surprised to see the team that takes him, whichever. I don't know if Dallas has a reputation for this around the league or not at all, but, like, as if a, if a team needs a guy to, to be kind of a dirty work guy, also, you know, he, he mixes it up, he rebounds, he's built like a brick poop house, you know, like, it, like so if, if a team feels like that, is that, is that a, is softness kind of anything that is that people have been, I'm not talking about you guys, really, but in general, is that something that gets lobbed on the map some? I know it used to in the back in the dirt, like, heyday, but, you know, it got backed up by Eric Dampier. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> See, I come on I come on the Maverick podcast ready. <laughs> Eric Dampier. Anyways, well, I, I, I just wanted to say that because that's what that's kind of what you're looking for in a late second round pick, too, is somebody that's going to do not, you know, they they got to come in and prove themselves. So and Grant Williams is not afraid to do that. He's not going to back down. He's got he's he's a, he's really strong willed. And that it's some of the traits that people can't really measure through analytics. So I like that. I like if you have a team out there, anybody, Knicks, possibly, people think you're soft. Grant Williams, not a bad guy to have. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to the third of the uh, Tennessee, quote unquote, big three, uh, East Ponds. Um, if you want me to go first? I'm, yeah. Um, I'm not really big on Eves. Um, I mean, maybe down the line. I don't know. But, um, hold on one second. Um, I'm trying to get his numbers. But, I mean, on that team, he's just going to have to wait it out. What? Uh, ah. Oh, yeah. So, he's just going to have to wait it out and, and you know, let Schofield and, uh, and 
uh, Grant Williams. Sorry, I'm thinking about the teams we're talking about already. Um, he's going to have to just, you know, chill, and then he'll be the man one day. But, I mean, that's their team now. Eve Pons kind of – I mean, he, he I, it's really, really too early to make a projection on him. He's not anything that I'm interested in really right now. I, I don't even think I have him ranked in the top 200, to be honest. I'm, I mean – I don't. I, I. It's nothing personal against Steve Pons, but <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. For me, you like him? I mean, I don't yeah. know. I mean, if you like I him. I don't like like him, like him, but just like I like some <laughs> of the things about him. Yeah. I don't think he's like a this year type of guy, but he has a solid foundation that, if it gets developed, can really provide some uh, some uh, action at the NBA level. Just the athleticism, leaping, uh, the he has he looks like a lot of possessions. He's pretty intense on defense, waving his arms around, harassing ball handlers, denying like handoffs and stuff, and that really made me happy. Yeah. My one thing is that his jumper is obviously very much a work in progress, but yeah. I do like how at least he's willing to take them, which is a major improvement from last year. So it's a start. So sorry, I I was just making sure I, I had his eligibility right. Yeah, he's a freshman. So um, yeah, like he's he's somebody you should keep on your on your radar for the future, perhaps long way down the line. But just long project is these times. Like I said, but he's he's got a good foundation in place to where there. I mean, he's learned it under Grant Williams pretty much. So you know that's not bad, and. I mean, he, he's a prospect that you got to wait. He's got he's got the physical tools. That's for gosh darn sure. Yeah. So. Uh, quick note: Pons is a sophomore. Oh, he is a sophomore. Yeah. yeah. But either way, I mean, yeah, he's a long-term projection. I don't think for, for him to come out for for to think that he's going to come out, barring again, like what, like I said, like them making a national championship run and like sweeping through the SEC and him being gangbusters for the rest of the season with stats. You know, I, I, I don't even think he tries right now. And then we could really see on him in the future. Yeah. And, and obviously developing a jumper is his thing that he needs to do. Yeah. He, that or develop uh, that that size without being able to be a very uh, above average. Uh, Bibbs, you back? No. No, yeah, but I mean that—that's what it really comes down to with him, and he—that's something that he's got to get together. Because when I've seen him play, I've, I've watched Tennessee like four times. They're four big games, and I see a, a, a nice project player, but a nice project player. I'm not—I don't want to use it as a pejorative. But, oh yeah, he's definitely a foundation. Just needs to be improved upon. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I—I I, I don't know. I'm going through eligibility right now, but I'm not sure what Jordan Bone is. But a lot of that, it would be, it would benefit them to have those guys back. Um, but you know, Bowden, I'm sure he's got some partners coming back. You know, and they'll have a nice little team, and they're not going to be as good as they were this year. But the hope is that when maybe when he's a senior, then you know you come in and you have couple of other East Pines under you. Yeah, for sure. All right, last so. guy for Tennessee. Uh, you want to do a quick hitter on Kyle Alexander? 
Yeah. Also, same kind of same thing. I, I I'll put Kyle Alexander. I don't also know his eligibility either, but like, I mean, I I really like his length. He fits the modern day mold, but um, I he. He's been in foul trouble a lot of the times I've seen him play. So um, that's definitely going to be something he has to clean up if he because if he gets if he gets put in as anything, it's going to be defensive upside, I would say. And uh, so he needs to be able to play without fouling. Um, but offensively, I mean, he's not much but catch and dunk, offensive rebound, you know. Uh, I don't know. What do you do? You have a better opinion on it than? I mean, do you have a higher opinion on it? Hey, anybody there? Are we cut? So, Kyle Alexander, Stand Up Canada, uh, twenty twenty four. Summer Olympic gold medal champions in basketball men's. Um, I don't think Kyle Alexander will be on the team. Uh, but, okay, so he's an older player. He should, um, every time I've seen them play, he's been in foul trouble. So that is a problem when the reason that somebody would take him, he fits the prototype of this rim-running Clint Capella type, uh, body type or whatever, and he's mature. And so... So people like mature players at the end, at, in later rounds or as unsigned free agents. Um, a lot of times guys get ranked higher. I have Kyle Alexander at 265, but I mean, there's a ton of guys that aren't going to go pro ahead of him. Uh, but he, I mean, he's in foul trouble. He has defensive upside if he hasn't figured it out yet. The one thing is also though, if they make a deep run in the tournament, they don't, uh, you know, the, uh, the people, people look at that and then they see, oh, and, and, and usually when people see people make a deep run in the tournament, they're disappointed because that's the best you're going to see of them if they're, win- if they're tearing shit up in the tournament. Pardon my French, if that's a, it got a bit, got to get bleep, but it's, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, my thing with, uh, Alexander is, he had a couple uh, in the uh, Louisville game. He had this one post turnaround J that uh, he got the shot up up and over just barely over this uh, average big man size. And it was like he could – I don't know if he can get enough lift to prevent himself from getting blocked on those at the NBA level. So that will be that might be a problem for him generating offense. But he hit a short corner jumper, but it was weird because his hands were like – his guide yeah. hand was ridiculously close to his shooting hand, and it was really off-putting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's really there though as a catch and dunk re- offensive rebound guy, you know, pick and roll guy. That's how he projects. That I so I think it's a little it's a little what I say unfair kind of how we're judging him right now. I guess because that's not at all how he'll play in the NBA because he'd be thrown in a million ball screens. If, oh yeah, you know so. Um, so he's kind of just playing this old Rick Barnes offense. So it's not really 
uh, it's not really tailored to him, but I, I mean, I don't think he's talented enough anyway. So if we're dropping him in the NBA to do pick and roll, then he's probably not going to be really successful at that right now either. I think, I mean, he could be, he, he could be easily be a guy you see have a long European career or, or be in the D league, D league call up. You never know with those guys, you know, um, you know, I've got 6'11", 220 projected, 7'3", wingspan, 9'2", standing. So, you know, I guess that, I don't know, that's about all I got on him. But Yeah, that's about it, honestly. Uh, yeah. All right, so before we end this, Richard had a question. He just wanted to know how you felt about some of the, the top college scores. So one that's come on the surface as of late, I believe it was Kai Bowman. Yeah. So Kai is out of Boston College. Um, something they're doing with their guards there is working, even though they suck as a team constantly. Uh, it, that usually doesn't correlate. It seems a little ass backwards to for college basketball. Usually when you have good guards, you're good. But Boston College still sucks. But, I mean, they continue to put these first-rounders. And Kai is for real, too. He's a little bit smaller than... Jerome Robinson and Olivier Hamlin, who came before him kind of as the Boston College guards. But he is like he, he's going to be a instant offense kind of spark plug six man guy for you. And maybe he can start if he he but he's around six foot is, is the big problem with him. But he's got the athleticism to make up for it. But you could see him as your Aaron Brooks type Nate Robinson type kind of guy coming off your bench you know he throws down mean in game dunks so um yeah and he's a good shooter too I mean he's but I I was not on the Olivier Hamlin bandwagon but I ended up now at a point in life where I'm trusting Boston College with their guards even though I mean Olivia Hanlon hasn't been the greatest, but I do I I, I like the the uh, the things going forward for Jerome Robinson. I like that. So Kai Bowman, I could tell you where I have him ranked preseason. Do that. Um, sure. It's fairly. It's it's in the seventies, I believe. Um, a little bit lower. Oh yeah. 86. So, but that's also below a lot. Like I said, that's that's an inflated number if you're going by 60 because a lot of those guys won't be going. Maybe not even Kai. All right. Moving on to uh, tied for third in the country. Uh, This is the guy Richard Stamen would not be a big fan of. Carson Edwards? I'm a big fan of Carson Edwards. Um, I'm a Purdue dropout. Um, but I don't really have any allegiance to the school. I just, I, I, I love their program and Carson Edwards is one thing I'll say is say he, he, I, my projection for him in short is that I see him kind of being the same thing as Kai Bowman, um, maybe a little bit better, like Jamal Crawford type in the NBA, but he's proved like he's getting shots off and he's getting them off. And he's getting off NBA threes, and he's making them with with guys in his face. So um, being able to do that alone is enough to be able to sustain a career in the NBA for 
multiple, multiple years. For sure. All right, Bibbs, you got any final questions? Give me one more guy before we go. Uh, Dominator. Dominator? Mike Dom. Oh, Mike Dom? Okay, so Mike Dom I have ranked right at the end of the first round. Uh, Where is he at? Dang it. Uh, uh, Isn't that – I've heard about – Yeah, so I I see him – no, he has a very – listen, I said this – I never forget that I said this about Chandler Parsons. There will always be room for guys that are 6'10 or taller and can shoot. I have Mike Dom ranked 37th preseason but he's damn seven damn near seven foot right throw him as wingspan like seven two um and he can shoot the ball like and he can shoot a ball like i like i don't want to compare it like his game is dirt game i he's not he doesn't obviously doesn't do it as efficiently as dirt obviously nobody does but like he is a dirt all the way down to it's impossible to block a shot. Like if he wants to get his shot off, he gets it off because of his high release. And, you know, if if it goes in or not is up to him or not, kind of like Dirk. <laughs> yeah. If that makes any sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because, like, we get every like every other year, it seems there's always the, the next Dirk comparison, and us Dallas fans are oh, getting yeah. tired of it. It's a good comp. That's like a good poor man's Dirk is like a super good comp for him. It, it, it just matters, and, and he'll get exposed pretty bad defensively, so I couldn't see him being more of like a role player, like like a Channing Fry even, or something like that. If you don't, if you don't want to compare him to a white guy, or if you want to compare, you know, you don't want to compare him to another white guy. I'll compare him to Channing Fry. I was going to think Bialitsa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a little bit more fluid. Yeah, Channing Fry's stiff, but yeah, I I like Dom, and he'll play somewhere for a long time. Because, like I said, if you're six ten and can shoot, there is a place for you somewhere playing basketball. All right, and I think we should all ask this big question that's going to determine the future content. Uh, how's the site reno going? Site renewal is going great. We just got we basically just got to flip a few switches. We're waiting until after Christmas, and uh, everybody's getting together with their family, and then we're going to all sit in front under the mistletoe. Uh, no, I don't want to sit under the mistletoe with all the people that are working on the site. That's kind of gross. But we're all going to get together with our families, and then we're going to get back, and then conference season starts. Man, there's matchups every night, guys. You could Don't be lazy and just watch the tournament and think you know who's going to get drafted. Watch, watch matchups during the year. They're all, there's one on, like, every night. I wasn't and talking to you guys. I was talking to the audience. Of course. And with <laughs> that, I think it's safe to say that we got everything we need to say. Sorry for the extremely, extremely long podcast, but we had to. No, know. it's cool. I had fun. I got like my my family's inside. Where are you at? Where are you at? And I'm like, I'm talking Mavericks basketball. I got to address the, the crap too. Yeah, and my and my computer battery's about to die. I would probably talk longer. Yeah, for sure. Well, but yeah, no lock draft at lock draft on Twitter at lock draft Dougie. Uh, on Instagram, lockdraft.com. 
Yeah, LockDraft.com has still stuff up from last year, but it'll be up soon for in running, talking about guys that you see on SportsCenter now. Anyway, LockDraft podcast. LockDraft podcast. All you got to do is look. Google Google Lockdraft Podcast and the iTunes page will come right up. Click it, subscribe, give five five stars, thumbs up to butt, whatever. Whatever yeah, they sure. do over there. Alright. Yeah. yeah. And, and Max, look out for Max. Max Max is gonna be doing scouting reports on the site once it gets up and running. So yeah, I already have some in my inbox. They're just ready to get pinned right on the board once the site goes up so yep. look out for max look out for max hey if you if you want to buy 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 some of his scouting reports if you like them holler at me we'll work something out with them huh <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and uh i actually do have a couple on the, some of the guys we talked about today including ethan hap so yeah it'll be interesting all right, you can also find Mike Bibbins on Twitter at Bibbs and at Bibbs Corner and his website, bibbscorner.com. Also, Netflix content, netflixlife.com. Bibbs, you got anything to send us off? No. Bibbs? No. Yeah, it's all right. It, it was cool getting with you, Bibbs. Uh, Max, it's always cool getting with you. I'm gonna be on some more. I like this. I like I like Max. Hoops. I like these little niche team shows that I could get in depth with things because you know it's a wild world out there. There's a lot of stuff going on with everybody. So you could get anything you want about anybody. So holler yeah. at Max. Yeah, for sure. And it's not just Mavs. Just to be yeah. honest, it's it's Mavs here. No. It's a lot of Mavs. It's all the third round draft picks like us. Oh yes, we're all the third. We're the, all the rejects, but I would have definitely yeah. been a third round draft pick. Definitely. Yeah, it's the greatest third round pick in Mavs history, Corny Thompson. Really, I don't even remember third round picks. I don't really know if he's the greatest, but I just I love the name, and he he yeah. won a title with Barcelona, so if that means anything. Really? But, yeah. yeah. I think they should go to more. But last hot take of the day, I think they should go to like three or four rounds now that they have. Uh, G League affiliation set, but holler at me on another day. Lock draft, yeah. uh, lock draft, uh, three, the uh, third round picks. Max, yeah, thanks and for having me on, guys. Much appreciated. Uh, final thing you could find me on Twitter at Rangers Team 669. Obviously, content on lockdraft.com, and then also you got Maz Draft, uh. At on Twitter and uh, Richard Stamen's website, MazDraft.com. And that's all we got for y'all this week. Can't wait to see y'all next week. It's going to be a bit more focused, in it, but we had to make sure we got as much as we could today. So see y'all next week. Yeah. Peace. Listen to Max. Yep. <laughs> and Bibbs. Merry Christmas.